about to listen to the profound word of God, ministered by Ty Adeshuba, pastor of Worship Tabernacle Church. Without a doubt, this will be a life-transforming experience as you acquaint yourself with the word of God and develop a rich and rewarding relationship with Him. This message will certainly shape your life, fulfill your dreams, and guarantee your success. coming through. I'll probably show you on Sunday some photographs that people are sending me. So things are working. My lunch bag is working. I saw a mother who sent me a photograph of her daughter who's put some stuff in that lunch bag and is taking to work. Some people sent me photographs of croissants uh, <laughs> that they're now buying and you know. So uh, good encouragement. Uh, so tonight, I'm going to just delve a bit deeper. I, I, I wanted to talk about something as well. I'll leave it to Sunday. Uh, but I want to delve just a bit deeper into what I started on Sunday about money not being your source of joy. And I, I just feel that I haven't done a bit justice to some certain things before I go on to other stuff uh, that are very also likewise important. Uh, so let's go back to our scripture. So today is faith is the currency. I want to talk about faith is the currency regarding uh, what I spoke about on Sunday. Um, and so we go back to the book of um, Matthew and chapter 6 and we use the Living Bible to sort this out. Uh, and it says in verse 24, it says, you can't worship two gods at once. Uh, Loving one God, you will end up hating the other. Adoration of one feeds contempt. Did you see that? The adoration of one feeds contempt for the other. You can't worship God and money both. The word worship there means in the New King James, um, King James Version, it says you can't worship God and mammon. So let's think about this. And the writer or the person speaking there is Jesus. Uh, if, if some of you find it in, the, in your Bible, it's written in the red. Simple. Uh, but it's just a bit funny, and I've said this before in church, that it's just amazing that God could place himself at the same level with another god called Mammon. He, 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 he's come down to our level to say, this is technically how this is my competitor. The god of Mammon is competing against me. And so if we go way back into the book of um, 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 Exodus, and when he was given the Ten Commandments, he says, you shall have no other God beside me. Meaning there will be gods that will raise itself and will be on par with the Almighty God. He says, now, in, in, in this scripture, if you put it up, he says, you can't worship two gods at once. So he's talking about gods now. And then he says, you will love one God and you will end up hating the other. And so, okay, still, this is still okay. That's fine. 
adoration of one feeds content for the other. And then he says, you now can't worship me, God, and mammon. So this is really important. So let's read further on. He says, if you decide for God, living a life of God worship, it follows that you don't fuss about what's on the table at mealtimes or whether the clothes in your closet are in fashion. There is far more to your life than the food you put in your stomach, more to the outer appearance than the clothes you hang on your body. One of the things that I forgot to say on Sunday was when I was actually making a calculation of how much you guys spent on your morning coffee and your croissants and all that kind of stuff, we suddenly reached probably around 500 pounds per month, and if you multiply that by 10 months, that's 5,000. What I forgot to say is that if you're married, that's 10,000 pounds. Mm-hmm. God, give me a husband. You're, 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 you're about to flush 10,000 pounds down the drain with that attitude you've already had. I, I just, it just occurred to me that if my wife and I are going to work, ten, that's 10,000 pounds leaking cash. I need, made that calculation only for one person. Do, did you understand that? That's 10, I'm talking about stomach here. 10,000 pounds. The God of your life is your stomach. That's 10 grand. Not to talk about the children. So he says, look at the birds. Free and unfettered. Not tied down to a job description. Careless in the care of God. And you count far more to him than the birds. Has anyone by fussing in front of the mirror ever gotten taller by so much as an inch? All this time and money wasted on fashion. Do you think it makes that much difference? Instead of looking at the fashions, walk out to the field and look at the wildflower. They never primp or shop. They never go to blue waters or go to um, Westfield. But have you ever seen color and design quite like it? The 10 best dressed men and women in the country look shabby alongside them. If God gives such attention to the appearance of wildflowers, most of which are never even seen, don't you think he'll attend to you, take pride in you, and do his best for you? Verse 31, what I'm trying to do here is to get you to relax, to not be so preoccupied with getting so you can respond to God's giving. Faith is the currency. So, going deeper today, going to be a bit quiet because I want to get through quite a number of things. Finance becomes an idol when we look to it to bring us the fulfillment that only God can supply. You know we're dealing with financial depression. We become depressed 
when finance or money becomes an idol. See, life is not all about money, yet too often we make it all about money by allowing it to do three things in our lives. Number one, to define our identity. We sometimes, most likely, nearly always use money to define our identity. We are who we are by the cash we have in our account. We are who we are by the car we drive. So when you see a guy walking on the streets and see another one driving a Mercedes or a BMW, you automatically, even as another guy, define yourself or who that person is by what they're driving. And you may even make your choice of a husband or a wife by what you identify as prosperity. And there's a difference, and I've said this 25,000 times all over the world and here too, and you will hear it till Jesus comes, that there's a difference between appearing blessed and being blessed. I was walking the streets of London and I still had a property. And I had my friends who were driving a car in debt. And when you place both of us together, I look shabby in the identification of wealth than them who are driving a car. So they would give me a ride in their liability. Some of them gave me their liability to drive for a while. And I was living in my own bought house, which at that particular time was 50,000 pounds. And I still have it. After 24 or 5 years, I don't want to tell you how much it's worth. Their liability has deceased long before my carpet wore out. So we sometimes <laughs> we sometimes define, allow money to define who we are. So it allows it to define our identity. Number two, it becomes our source of security. That's the reason why we have more faith in our job and we rather please our boss than please our God because we see money as the source and not God as the source. So I'm secure when I have that money and then I feel insecure when it's not there because money has become our idol. And then number three, it ascribes to us a sense of certainty. This is really to men, to be honest with you. We have this kind of certainty and significance 
when we have money. When we don't, even our wives will be unhappy that we are not working. And if you're not married, start thinking clearly. Because we turn the entire house upside down because you're not working. Because you feel that your level of significance has drastically reduced because of a lack of work. And there were times I was not working in our household. In fact, two significant times in our marriage that I was not working. Once when I was in between careers and I resigned from my job to be able to spend time looking for a job and, and, and I need to be careful about this because guys who just go start resigning. Uh, no, no, there are things in place. No, let, let me say this. Don't be foolish and stupid. Uh, because I say, oh, pastor preached about it. I think that's where I am now. You're not there. So, let me quickly put that disclaimer out, quickly. Uh, I had done five exams in, towards my MCSE, and I was applying for jobs, and I didn't have time to go for interviews. So, I resigned, but still had the backup, and then went into it, and I got a job. But in between that, my job was housemaster. So, I cleaned the house, cooked the food, and make sure that my wife, when she gets home, she doesn't have to do anything. But it didn't drop in my significance as a husband. Mess up with me at that point in time, you will regret it for the rest of your life. So she didn't. Because the fact that I'm in between didn't make her feel horrible. In fact, I will even drop her at work. And then pick her up after work. Then after a while, she says, oh, I want to exercise. So she'll walk to work, and then I'll pick her up. Somehow, somehow, there was less to do at home. But many men, and I'm addressing men, get into a serious depression because they don't have a work. And because they're depressed, there's no motivation to move forward, and they lack hearing the voice of God. So if money becomes your identity, your security, and your sense of certainty, you have made money an idol. In fact, some people would even not come to church anymore. Are you ready for some teaching tonight? True believers in the word of God would not knowingly, would not knowingly be financially depressed. But when they worry about their finances and struggle to meet their own needs, that is exactly what they are doing. They won't knowingly be, but when worry steeps in, that is when they unconsciously become depressed. I was speaking to someone recently, and while we were talking, the person said some certain things. I said, you are depressed. I've cared your sermon, but I don't really think. I said you're depressed. And this is the reason why I always tell people stop marking your own script. You're depressed. So I analyze it. You're depressed. It's depression. Oh, okay, I see. It. I've always told you stop marking your own script. You're depressed. 
And you're depressed because financially you can't see a way out. So my main aim tonight is to be able to tell you that faith, faith is the currency. Not binding yourself to the world system with its sorry results of working harder and getting further and further into life but getting but regressing unconsciously. Everyone that tries to do the works, the world system, they sacrifice four different areas of their life. As you can see in the scripture that we just read. Since you're fussing about clothes and fussing about food. God himself knows that he can provide these things for you if he can provide for the lilies of the field. And then he now, before he said that, he says you are going to serve one God or you're going to serve another. You cannot be in between. And so many people are sacrificing four different things to get ahead in life because of this mammon system. And the first thing they sacrifice is they sacrifice spending time with God. Check yourself. Check how you quickly leave everything and you're always running to work without spending no time praying. Check really how much time do you spend at work and how much time do you spend with God. Check how much time you spend in your academics and how much time you spend with God. It is a mammon system. The second thing they sacrifice is they sacrifice the meditation of the word. People don't read the Bible anymore, but they want the Bible to work for them. So when you enter into crisis, you don't really know what to say. You have no idea what to say. You have no words to back you up because there's a lack of meditation in the world and what you're meditating upon is facts. Where is the next thing happening? Can I get the next business going on? Can I uh, go for the next course? In fact, many people are spending thousands of pounds borrowing something to get into a career that God hasn't designed for them because there's a lack of meditation in the world. Many of my peers in, the, in those times, they spent like 5,000, 6,000 doing the MCSC course and all that kind of stuff. I said, I don't have that money. So I prayed. And God says, I have given you wisdom beyond your teachers for my, your, my word is your meditation. So I knew, okay, that's the answer. I don't need to pay for teachers. I need to just read. And God will give me the wisdom as I carried on. I didn't pay. After my first course, that was the end of the stuff. And I kept passing the exams. And God kept providing and kept helping with people. And I kept passing the exams. And that was the end of the stuff. Because my meditation was with God, not in the facts. We sacrifice our spending time with God. We sacrifice meditation of the word. We sacrifice the third thing we sacrifice is serving God. We no more serve God. Can you see the God I'm placing and the God of Mammon and the God? We sacrifice serving God. So we don't come to church anymore because we're running after money. 
And even if we come, we want the church to continue to serve you. In fact, many of you, if possible, you want us to pick you up right from the door and carry you into church and sit you down and also carry you out. We just don't want to do anything. And so, the guys, and let me talk to the, the, the men here, we, we, we don't serve God anymore. We want God to serve us. What do you do for God? Honestly, sacrificially. Because we're busy. If, if, I, if I join that department, uh, I might get too entrenched that I may not be able to have time for my business. How far have you gone since? Analyze it. God said it in the book of Malachi. Place yourself and someone who is serving God and see how far you have gone ahead of that person. See, I've served God for nearly all my life since I've known him. And I'm not behind my peers. God will always provide for you. And number four, we sacrifice family relationships. And a lot of time, we sacrifice our own good health. Because we're running after money, we disregard our family. In fact, I can see marriages and I'm teaching us because some of you, you're not married yet, but look at the telltale signs. Does this person I'm going on, does that person have time for me? Or are they always working? How many homes have broken up because the woman is always working, you know, my, my job is busy. You come home and you bring the work home and you're typing away in the middle of the night. The guy is hardly at home, doesn't attend any of the children's uh, play dates in school, doesn't attend of their football, doesn't know anything that goes on in school because they're running after money. And years down the line, you have no relationship with your children because you are running after money. And now, when you have used all your energy to run after money, now you're in ill health. And you're now using the money you run after to now deal with your health because you're now stuck, stuck at home. You're looking around and saying, ah, why aren't the children talking to me? Talking to who? You're a stranger. So living this way means you will always follow after money instead of money following after you. And it is the, the mammon system is a sorry system, a sorry way to live, and only leads to incredible sorrow. So in the book of Ecclesiastes chapter 5 verse 10, let me teach you this. Solomon writes of the fertility of chasing after mammon. He says, whoever loves money never has enough. Whoever loves wealth is never satisfied with their income. This too is meaningless. There's something going on currently, right now, in that a journalist went missing. They killed a journalist. Uh, some country. Uh, killed a journalist. And I sat down and I, and I looked at it. Isn't it amazing 
that this country is, prob- is probably one of the richest countries in the world. The, 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 the guy who we assume gave the order is one of the richest men in the entire world. But just one writing, one pen, one journalist can make that wealth look so immaterial that the only aim is to get rid of the person. But it's in the Bible likewise. We read in the Bible, Naboth's vineyard. It's the same thing. The king had everything. What's that funny man called Ahab? Uh, He had everything. But he also had a Jezebel as a wife. And then he looked into a man's own yard and says, I want that. He says, no, I can't sell it because it's been in my family for years. And he got depressed. He got so depressed that his wife said, what is wrong with you? He says, I asked him to sell his vineyard and no. So with all the wealth you have, you're never satisfied. And one small man with his little thing can make you so depressed. And they killed the guy. And God said, you know what? I will kill you. Not only will I kill you, dogs will lick your blood off the floor. Same thing with David. How many wives did the dude have? But yet, seeing another woman bathe pornography, ah, ah, bathing outside, and you decided to kill because he was never satisfied. Because before we know anything, our faith and our belief is in money than in the God who can supply it. So the question then is, how can I have faith in God than in the system of the world? Because that's a very difficult thing to do. Because when we read the book of Matthew chapter 6, 26 to 33, it seems impractical to natural thinking. How do I not fuss over someone else? You bought a shoe of 750 pounds and then you walked into church and saw someone who bought a shoe of 50 pounds and you're just fussing after it. You're waiting. Oh, I love your shoe. 750. 25. Say, oh, I bought it from this way. You go onto the internet. It's sold out. And then you're depressed. It's easy. Very easy. You walk into someone else's house and you're going back and say, God, since all these days, look at my own house. Let me share a story with you. Maybe it will bless him. I was invited to someone's house. The children come to this church, so the mother wanted to see me. And so she invited me to come to her house. And so I, I went to the house, and the house is somewhere in Weybridge. In fact, I had to go through security before I got there. When I walked into the house, I was like, does these kind of houses exist in the UK. Uh, they exist, it depends on the people you walk, walk with. Um, so I decided to up my game and walk with people who, those, I sat there, I couldn't, I couldn't even see the end of the sitting room. And all these people just came, oh, pastor is here, pastor is here, pastor is here, pastor is here. Oh, pastor, I was asking, they were asking me questions. My mind was not in the questions. <laughs> I was just like, do do people live like this? You know, you hear about indoor pools. So I said, after a while, I said, you know what? I'm fed up sitting down. 
take me around this house. No, no, I said, can I use the bathroom? And I walked into the bathroom. The, 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 the toilet, downstairs toilet. The toilet was so big, I could sleep there. And the, the, I saw people, they were the, 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 the lawn, everything. Meticulous, absolutely meticulous. And then I looked into the pool, walked around, and then when I finished, um, um, I was glad I went there. As soon as I got to my house, I hated everything <laughs> in my house. Everything. I just, why is the grass brown? I walked in. I said, Connie, why did you leave the shoes here? Everything, everything irritated me. Before I left, I was thanking God for my apartment or house. By the time I came back, I was despising. You never get satisfied if your satisfaction doesn't come from God. How, how can I believe God to provide for me when my father and my mother and my grandparents have taught me to provide for myself? How is it that you're now telling me trust in God? You do that by having faith in God's system. You have to have faith in God's system. So for the next 15 minutes, I'm going to have to run through some certain things. What is faith? The Bible says in Hebrews chapter 11 verse 1, using the Amplified, it says, Now faith is the assurance. Faith is the title deed. Faith is the confirmation of things hoped for, divinely guaranteed. Not this acclaim it by faith nonsense that goes on around. Divinely guaranteed. So, this is... Oh, I, I need to be disciplined here. This faith that you hear around is a phony faith. Some of it. Because they say faith to claim it. Faith to make it. Faith in 24 hours. Faith. There's nothing happening in 24 hours. Pastor Fe was even sharing some stuff with me. It blew my mind, but I'll just continue from where it was. You're asking for God, God, by God's grace. There's nothing that will happen if you don't add your own and do your own part. And it is divinely orchestrated by God. You will enter into sorrow and errors. I claim that man. You're claiming the great-grandmother of the devil because it's not divinely given to you. I'm seeing it. I see we walk down the aisle. Which one? Did God tell that to you? So it says divinely, have they changed it? Let me read my own stuff. He says, of things hoped for, divinely guaranteed, and the evidence of things not seen, the convictions of their reality, faith comprehends as facts what cannot be experienced by the physical senses. So, if I'm going to marry someone, I have to force see it in the spirit before I see it in the physical. Because if I see it in the physical, I will say she's too short, she's too tall, she's too fat, she's too big, she's not fat. She's, uh, <laughs> uh, she, she's not the size that I want. So you, 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 you will start putting facts, your own facts into place before you put the things of the spirit into place. If you're going to get the guy, oh, he's too quiet. He doesn't excite me. You, you are, you are, you, 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 you are loud. 
You actually need the someone who's quiet. That's who God needs to give you. I need someone who just excites me. You are hyper already. And because you'll be looking for yourself. He says it is divinely guaranteed. For by this kind of faith, the men of old gained divine approval. And I've said this before. For faith to work, I'm not deviating from finances, just listen to me. For faith to work, it has to be surrendered. The life of faith is the life that only pleases God. I will get into your budgets and all that kind of stuff. Visit me on Sunday. We're going there. All the way. All the way. It's not a normal service. It's all the way. I'll start preaching immediately after praise and worship. If you're late, God help you. It is not the faith to acquire things that makes faith. It is the faith to give things. It's the faith to give myself wholly unto God and then because he's Lord over our lives, he determines your finances and yet you never fall into depression because you know all that you have is given to God. The faith to get Isaac, as I said, is easier than the faith to give Isaac. So when he asks for his son, God says, okay, I will give it to you. Okay, now I want the son back. It's kind of, if you don't believe that God is the one who gave you the money, you're most likely never to give it. Because all you'll be seeing is that, 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 that foolish pastor always saying, eh, give, give, tithe, give, this. So you're, 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 you're thinking about the person than the creator. Have you ever, for those who have children, you understand, and you will have, you're asking your child to give you popcorn. Sometimes I'm asking, Jaden, give me some popcorn out of watching. And then he counts two into my hands. I'm like, does he? And one day I said, why two? Can't you give me some? There's not much left. I said, much left. Where it comes, there's an abundance. Two, two. I'm not saying two bags. Just two. One, two. He counts it. You say, I said, ah, can't you give me more? But you just asked for four because yeah, but it's two. As do you know, I own the thing you're eating. You have no idea where it came from. But he has assumed that it is his which will run out. And then he now has to come back to me who he denied initially of giving to. That's how we do with God. Because if the faith is not surrendered, we like to get from God, but we will not give it back to him because we're taught to get all we can get, save all we can save, can all we can can, and sit on the can. That's the reason why we get depressed. Because we feel that all we own is by our hard work. It is not. It is by grace. If we don't surrender our eyes, if we don't surrender our mouth, if we don't surrender our ears to walk to God, we will never be able to operate at the level that God wants to perform through our lives. So when Christians live out of the world system of finances, they are acting as their own God. I'm not asking for an offering tonight. 
It's just your heart. We, we act like we are God. We are our own source of supply. We are always trying to take care of ourselves by serving mammon. And Jesus refers to it. He says, no man can serve two masters. He either hates one or loves the other. Or he will stand by and be devoted to one and despise against the others. And the devil will always teach you to despise God. Because that is the major reason why sin came into the world. Competition. And of course, if you want to get into history, Mammon is just the name for an idol worship that the God of riches is using, as you find it is called Plutus, P-L-U-T-U-S. It's among the Greek gods. It's the ancient wealth of the Greeks. And that's why when Jesus was speaking to them, he says, I know the God you serve, and I know what you want to do, but you can't serve two masters. You're either serving God or you're not. So faith is the currency that I use in the God system, not facts. And my faith has to be surrendered to God. Did you know all the money, every single thing about money has a spirit on it? It is either the spirit of God or it's either the spirit of mammon. So when I showed you that 10 pounds or 20 pounds, that 10 pounds or 20 pounds looks natural, but it's got two spirits. It's either the spirit of God or it's either the spirit of mammon. And everything depends on how you use it. Money that is submitted to God and his purpose has the spirit of God on it. But money that is not submitted to God has the spirit of mammon by default. Mammon is basically the spirit of the world. And that spirit is a liar. That's why people think money can bring them happiness or fulfillment. I've noticed that people, that the people most under the influence of the spirit of mammon tend to have the most fear of money. So if there's a redundancy happening in work, you start to fast and pray on a redundancy. Maybe they need to sack you or you need to be fired before you get fired. Because our source is in the job. The worship of mammon shows up in so many ways. It is not always a continual loss of money alone. It's when we envy other people's wealth. When we are anxious over potentials, unmet needs. When we disobey God's directives about the use of our wealth. Or fail to trust God's love and faithfulness. When our thinking is out of balance concerning material wealth, that is when mammon is manifesting itself. So if you ever get depressed because of money, it is because you have made money mammon. Now, let me say this. I didn't say get upset. Because you can get upset. You can get upset. You can get upset. He gets so different. Your car is breaking down every single day. You get upset because you don't have money to fix it. But if you get depressed, if you look at that car and just kick that car to the curb and say, you know what, thank God I've got a leg. And if God provides for me, I'll repair the car. If not, life, life continues. That is me being upset but not depressed. 
And I've shared this with you. For six months, I dumped the car. It was, it was hemorrhaging money, so I just left it in the... And my wife and I started using the tube. And on Sundays, we would go from Plasto all the way to uh, uh, Vitry, yeah, Finchley, Finchley, Finchley Road. This is Sunday. You know, Sundays can be very tricky. And we did it with joy. And from there, we now go from there to Asda in Becton and then wait for a taxi after we've done all our shopping to bring us home. Did that break our relationship? No, he actually made it. It becomes a sin when what you don't have causes a rift in your home. That is when you know you're serving mama. Let me say this. Some of you who are engaged, you're lovey-dovey, you're in this, this area. It becomes really an idol when you can't share your finances. Sunday is going to be a bit tough. You want to get married? Let me teach you. So, so, so when my wife said that for her 50th, she couldn't get into my iPad for the first time in 21 years, doesn't that mean alarm bells? Because that means that everything in our house is shared. If it is my money, your money, I pay this, you pay that, there's, there's, there's mammon spirit operating in your home. And I can't share because I don't know if you would now go and meet another floozy outside. You, it's a self-fulfilling prophecy that you're bringing your marriage down already. You're prophesying into it because your mom told you that. And the guy says, I, I don't want to share my money because, because of what? Because you're a total... Do you want to cheat? What I wanted to say wasn't spiritual. <laughs> you follow what I'm saying? Why, 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 would you, why, why, why won't you share your money? Why is there no joint vision? Huh? Why is it not? Because money is your idol. You want to be able to have your own stuff. So when you want to do your price, your foolishness, you have money enough to do that. You can't, you can't come together. And if you're ever going to get married, let me deliver you, all of you, from this. If you can't come together financially, don't marry. Because you have ruined half of your marriage. You will be in constant... It's not you that will even be in poverty. It's your children. Take it from a man who lived that life until I got married. My mom and dad never came together financially. We lived like paupers in university. Begging money. That's why any woman I went out with had to have money. Aha, uh-huh. hello. Even in university. I'm just confessing. I'm poor and go out with someone who is poor. It's not happening. We're not fasting and praying. I'd gone beyond that. Uh, uh, but it was, a, it was an unfortunate situation. And when my mom died, we had no access to any of her accounts. Based on what we saw, it hidden in her wraps, uh, you know, in Africa they have, they call it rapper or something like that. And so she will always put money there and tie it, you understand? So if she's going out, when we started opening each one, 
I was thinking, how much money does this woman really have? And then we went to her office and said, we need our account. They said, we can't get but they know she has three different accounts. Nobody knew where it was. They never came together financially. I'm not saying my mom is to blame by no stretch of imagination. But that's what happened to us. And the work my mom was doing, the woman was rich. She was personally rich. The rest of us were poor. <laughs> because she was a surveyor. And she, ah, come on. The, the woman can walk. But that's what happens. Because everyone is hiding. She died at 50. Maybe she didn't even 50 something. Never enjoyed the fruit of her labor. She's enjoying heaven. She's a very righteous, God-fearing woman. Actually, she has to go to heaven because she died on her way back to church after she finished church in the morning. And so she sat down and the angels just said, enough. Let's go. And she flew away just like that. No pain, no gain. But what I'm saying in essence is you do not know how powerful mammon is when you can't even bless your friends. You have no idea. When all your money is flushed down the drain on your own frivolities. I sat with a lady today and I was dealing with, with her finances. Thank God. You know before I said bring your three months back to me. No, that doesn't happen. Open your online style online right now. I said, what is that? Huh? 140. Huh? What did I spend that on? I pointed out that money has gone out of your accounts that you don't know. I. <laughs> By the time it was calculated on unaccounted on, on expense, we hit £1,200. Don't say, yeah, you're the same. Weekend money. All this kind of stuff. Because our faith is in the world system. Let me quickly do this so that I can round this up quickly. So why do I put my faith? Why is my faith my currency? Because sometimes the world system, five minutes honestly, the world system will not provide for you when you are in a mess or you find yourself in trouble. Let me quickly do this. When famine hit Israel, God said to Elijah, Elijah, the book is dried up. Because in our lives, things can actually dry up. If you go and read the book of in, in, in Kings 17, the Bible says God sent Elijah into the book. And then the water and the ravens were feeding him. You had a job. Things were happening. You were at home, living with your parents. You didn't need to think about a mortgage or paying a bill. And then suddenly the book dries. The book could either dry, dry up in your mom or your parents losing their job or something happens. The book dries. Or you, you're even the, the job, your job stops. And then listen to this, this prophet. The book dried up. He's a prophet. He had just finished killing all those guys who served Baal. Miraculous. And then the raven stopped bringing food. The book dried up. And he's looking for the supernatural again. 
Because the supernatural was what fed him. And God now said to him, go to a widow in Zarephath. A widow. And widows were one of the poorest people in those days. So from the supernatural provision to a natural provision that has absolutely no significance or worth, God says, go and meet that person. This is where faith is a currency. He says, I have commanded a widow. <laughs> he says, I have commanded a widow to provide for you. Can, let's, if we read the scripture, did the widow even know she was going to provide for the man? So how can God say, I commanded a widow? The widow didn't even know that she was being commanded. God is saying, I commanded a widow to provide for you. But God hasn't spoken anything to the widow. Because when the man met the widow, the widow was in trouble. And so he was in trouble. saying, feed me first. Eh? God says, go to that widow, for I have commanded the widow to feed you and provide for you. When the need arises and our faith is not in the mammon world system, God will direct you to a place and God will always give you a hand. Because when I start to deal with your budget and your debt, if you don't have a belief in the God system, you will more likely not to do that. That's why some of you still went to buy Costa this week. That's not what you heard. You still. Because you still have faith in the world system than in a prophetic word God gave you on Sunday to change your habits. God said to the woman, to the man, a prophet, get from your high horse. I'm going to send you down to a widow, insignificant woman, to feed you. The people God will use will surprise you. Sometimes, don't say amen. You have to surrender your faith. Sometimes there are people you will tend to overlook. With this penniless widow, her problem was no problem to God. He doesn't need much to start with in order to do something great. That's what I was saying on Sunday. So God said to the man, go. And the woman, he said to the woman, what, what are you doing? I'm about to die. He said, okay, feed me first, and then we'll sort you out. And all of us here, I mean, m- m- maybe some, I mean, Sister Bobola has a faith bigger than mine, but the rest of us, uh, we are most likely not to give that prophet. Especially for all that we've heard on the internet. Ah, that, ah, ah. <laughs> Prophet. So you can't pray to God for him to provide for you. Now the little I have, you want to now take. That's our, that's our, that, that's our thought process. You know why we have that thought process? Because our faith is in the mammon system. So even if God says you will give, you won't give. Because we love to side with those who are anti the gospel. Anti the word of God. Because they sound right. They look right. But they behave wrongly. One day I said to a guy who said, have you heard this person? Have you heard this person? I said, hey, let that person go and pastor you. Because it's always good to listen to the internet. But when you have trouble, then you're calling the pastor. He, 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 the person that you're following, call the person. 
Because most of the time, it's easy to stay behind the computer and send out garbage. Because you have no responsibility. I really don't care about giving and all that kind of stuff. All I care about is where is your heart? I don't care. Call it tight, call it wide, call it whatever you want to call it. Where exactly is your heart? So if you're going to move in life, are you going to move by the world system or the God system? God can tell you, leave, walk out of that job, walk down to the road. You see that man on the road, give him something. And that man on the road may engage you in a conversation that may extend your life forever. What you saw with Elijah says four different things. Number one, faith summons the miraculous. Faith, what? Summons the miraculous. When you have faith in God, it will summon. It is a command. It will issue a decree. Are you young ones hearing what I'm saying? Because most of the time, we love this internet comparing. That does not get you to where you're going. Your job, your education will not get you what you want. It's good to have an education. But if you're going to go beyond that, we need faith. Faith is what gives you the miracles. That's why you will end up not doing a job you're not supposed to do if you have faith in God. Number two, faith is the financial producer of abundance. Faith. I must decide to look only to, to God as my source of supply, not my credit card, not my bank loans, not my car payment loans. I must decide to look unto God only. And many of you, if I take your credit card away from you, <laughs> you will fall to pieces. One day I was cutting someone's credit card and tears were going down their eyes. And I said, but it just shows who you've actually put your faith in. Stop praying to God when your faith is in your credit card. Oh, I just have that as my buffer. That is your buffer? That's your fallback, a credit card, that's mammon. You're getting married and your finances of your expenses for your marriage includes your credit card. You're foolish. Foolish money. I still dealt with a couple yet this today. And he says the money for our deposit for our house is still intact and they're getting married soon. Small, nice, not in competition with nobody. No video, just photographs. They can't afford it, so we don't need it. And they're young. And many of you walked past them. God didn't even lay you it on your heart to do anything. You will soon get married. You will find out. How 200 pounds will help you? And I said to them, I commend you. I commend you. You are getting married and your credit card is involved in your expenses. Okay. Number three. Faith produces... What did I say number two does? Faith produces what? Financial abundance. 
Number three, faith produces financial obedience. Every increase in your life answers to the quality of the seed of God's word in your heart. So prosperity is word seeded. Prosperity is word seed determined and not money seed determined. Your prosperity in life is determined by the word of God. I'm not comparing myself to an unbeliever. Because many of you are sitting there, yeah, but unbelievers prosper. The Bible says he set them in a sleepy place. If you want to go down that end, go down that end and you will see the end. I am in God's system. I'm not comparing myself to the world system. I'm not comparing myself to my friends. Because that means that if your friend is into fraud, then you can get into fraud. Why are you going to fraud? And when they lock you out in prison, the only thing I would do is come and see you and pray for you. Would I pray for you to get out? No, let God's will be done upon your life. That's all. Because you blatantly followed and pursued mammon. There's no point. Why should I ask for a miracle? <laughs> okay, God. A miracle. It's financial obedience. So, Elijah obeyed the voice of God and prospered. Abraham only heard the word of God, acted upon it, and prospered by it. There was no monetary transaction. But money came out of obedience. His son Isaac did not obey money. He just obeyed the voice. Don't leave where you are. Don't leave your job. That's exactly what I said. Don't leave your job. Where everybody else is leaving and it seems the company is failing, you stay there. And the Bible says he sowed seed in that place and in the next year he had abundance. He went forward, became great and went forward and became very great in the same place where everybody else abandoned. A word seed. There was no money transaction. It was a word transaction. Faith. Number four or five, four, makes us make great financial decisions. It makes us make great financial decisions. Do the rest next week. It makes us make great financial decisions. We will make great decisions when our monetary faith is submitted to God. Because God said to me, don't teach all these seven steps unless they know where the source comes from. What you feel is boring is what you need. It makes us realize that, and then we sing the song. Without us realizing, my life is not found. Stop singing these songs. <laughs> my life is not my own. To you belongs. I give myself. I give my word. And then some of you start weeping and lifting. What are you doing? Maybe you're weeping because someone just ditched you. Maybe that now you say, hey, I now realize my life. No, your finances is not your own. That shoe that you just bought, maybe God will say, give it to someone else. Hey, God, I forbid that. <laughs> then you know which one is your idol. Is your life really God's? Is it really God's? It is really God's. Let's ask ourselves the question. Is your money really yours? My wonderful, lovely, blessed sister, Monica, I was still thinking about her a few days ago. And I remember in the last days of her life, she said, Pastor, you know, 
Since I left my house, I haven't gone back to it. And on our deathbed, I would have shown it that day. But I got wisdom from the family, so I left it. But I've got a video recording of what she said in the twilight of her passing around. And all she said is about her children. How God has used her for these children. How her heart is. I've got the recording. She wasn't speaking about how much money was in her bank account. I'm telling you that to even prosper in life the way God wants us to prosper, faith is the currency. They toiled all night and caught nothing until Jesus stepped into the boat. says, are you exhausted? Have you finished? Okay, put the net. Faith brings financial obedience. They said, are you serious? We toiled it all night. And you want us to put the water? We're now, we're now at the shallow end. This is not deep end. I went recently outside and you, you know when you do snorkeling, there's places where you snorkel, where you see abundance of fish. The first time I did it, I nearly died. Even with wearing a uh, life jacket, I was still, I thought I was uh, drowning. That's why you need to learn to swim. Your parents put fear upon you. Get away from that. There are places, it's when we see me, and there are places where you just see schools. Is it schools of fish? Is it a school, school of fish or school of fish? I don't care, but schools. Uh, you just see abundance of them. But when you go towards, and it's really deep, which many people don't go, but when you go towards the edge, you just see tiny little ones, colors and all that kind of stuff. And God is saying to them, put the net in where there is no, no, no fish is there. We've done that all night in and the Bible says they reap the harvest. They had to call others to come and help them. It's faith is the currency. So young ones, start believing in faith and not in the works of your hands. And you will be blessed. You've been listening to Ty Adeshugba, pastor of Worship Tabernacle Church. We hope you enjoyed this message. For further inquiries, visit us at www.worshiptabernacle.org.uk Alternatively, call us on 020-7435-3939 You can find us at the Citadel, Worship Tabernacle, 131 St. John's Way, N19 3RQ, Archway, London. Thank you for listening.